0: Father, we just thank you. We praise you, Lord. We worship you. And Father, this morning, once again, even as we have come to the ministry of your word, speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray, Father, that Lord, that you would sanctify us by the washing of water by the word of God. That you might present to yourself a bride without spot or without wrinkle. And without blemish. Therefore wash us by the water of your word. Not only wash us, but Lord, I pray Lord that Lord, you would empower us by the Spirit of the living God even as we listen and receive your word by faith. For you said in your word that you give the Spirit even as we hear your word by faith. And whatever word we hear, we will mix it by faith and let it work in our lives. For you said, the word of God has got power to work in those who believe. And therefore I pray, Lord Jesus, even as we now meditate upon your word, speak to our hearts, sanctify us, exhort us, encourage us. Father, rebuke us, chastise us and set us apart a little more and prepare us and equip us for the days ahead, O Lord. Thank you. To that end, I pray that you would anoint The speaking and the hearing of this word. For in Jesus name we pray. Amen. So we'll just continue in our. uh, uh, The theme that we've started as. uh, During the new year. And the promise that we received as a church. As uh, we saw on the 31st night. On the watch night service. It was to rise up and build. Build our personal lives. Spiritual lives. Our family lives. Our life in our church, as well as even as we build ourselves, we will impact the community. Nehemiah chapter 2, let's read from verse 15 onwards. So I, I went up in the night by the valley and examined or viewed, we looked at that, the wall. Then I turned back and entered by the valley gate and so returned. We saw that on Wednesday, that the building of the wall begins with an inspection or an examination. And why, as to why we were, why we have reached this position in our lives, and that's very—it's a very important thing for us to always make a honest appraisal, a ruthless, honest appraisal of our own spiritual conditions. And the officials did not know where I had uh, gone or what I had done. I had not yet, uh, told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the others who did the work. Then I said to them, "You see the distress that we are in now." How Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem and that we may no longer be a reproach. And verse 18, and I told them of the hand of my God which had been upon me and also the king's words that he had, that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us, all of us together, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands To this good work. And we saw that on Wednesday. As to how we first make an examination. Do an examination. And also on 31st. As God gives us the provision. He gives us all the things that we need. Protection. That we need. In order to build the wall. And that's his purpose. And everything that is within his purpose. This provision is absolutely available available to us. Without any reservations. As long as we walk by faith and not by sight and we, and our, our eyes and our focus is upon building the kingdom of God in our own lives and also in the lives of the people whom God has placed under us. So this morning we will look at another important passage in scripture as to how we should build and what is the material that we should use in order to build the walls and the structure of God's house, rise up and build. Rise up and build, in this case, walls. Ezra talks about building the sanctuary itself. So there is there are certain things or elements that God asks, I mean, uh, ingredients that God asks us to use in order to build God's home. Because he is the one who has given us a pattern. He told He tells Moses, and as we know from Hebrews chapter 8, I'm going to give you a pattern which is in the heavens, and what you have to do, you have to make a tabernacle exactly as it has been told you on the mountain, a pattern which is in the heavens, because I am the one who is going to come and dwell in your midst, and therefore everything has to be according to my requirements. And we know how Moses... Builds the tabernacle. And God is also saying that when we when He when He wants us to uh, build, a li- uh, build something in our lives, He wants to come and dwell. That's His desire to tabernacle among His people. That's the reason why it says law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, and the word became flesh and Tabernacle dwelt it says, or tabernacled among us and we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten son of God, full of grace and full of truth. And we studied in different different contexts that how important it is to build God's building in God's ways. God's work has always to be done in God's ways. Okay, the end will never justify the means. Okay, because the blessing of God has to be over your life. And that is the reason why Uh this great uh, engineer, if you want to call him Moses, who was learned in all the wisdom and training of the Egyptians. He said, you know what, Lord, teach me your ways, show me your paths. And that should be our prayer too. So we'll look at a very important passage, it's found in the New Testament, a very famous passage, all of us know it, so many contexts we have seen it. But we will dig a little deeper and understand as to what are the ingredients that God wants us to use in order for us to build something which will last the test of time and where he will continuously dwell. That's the reason why it says in Isaiah chapter 33, who can dwell in the midst of what burnings? Everlasting burnings, he's a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire and he says we are receiving a kingdom that will never be shaken. Peter will say the elements are going to be burnt up with fervent heat. Everything is going to be destroyed and since we are receiving a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells, what manner of people we should be living in holy conversation and godliness, he says in Second Peter. Chapter 3. And therefore, it's important for us to know as to what are the parameters, what are the ingredients that God uses in order for us to, uh, build the church. Let us read from 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9 onwards. Let us read what Paul has to say. For we are God's fellow workers. Amazing, right? We are God's fellow workers. Isn't it interesting? The humility of God, He considers us to be His colleagues. We partner with Him. That's the humility of God. God's fellow workers. You are God's field and you are God's building. Who are we? We are God's building. We know that, right? According to the grace of God which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. Okay. So he says, as a wise master builder, with all the intelligence that God gave me, he, he gave me as to how to lay the foundation. Okay, And as a wise master builder, with all the wisdom, as he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 and 28, with all wisdom that God has given him, and the grace that God has given him, even Peter says, the grace that he had, the wisdom that God has given him, it's very difficult for me to also to understand. As a wise master builder, Paul goes about laying the foundation, and he says, another builds upon that foundation. But let each one take heed how he builds upon it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is what? Jesus Christ. Okay. So that is ultimately the foundation upon which we stand. That's the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Okay. There is nothing in our hands I bring, simply to the cross I cling. That's his work. It's done. It's finished. We have no other work other than that that's the foundation for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid which is Jesus Christ and you see this pattern in 2nd Peter chapter uh, (coughs) 2 sorry 1st Peter chapter 2 as well as in Ephesians chapter 2 that the church is being built up on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone meaning that's the stone from which we get all of our measurements and based upon that upon the plumb line we uh, build God's building and then he says so What, what is the foundation? First is the foundation. For no other foundation can anyone lay other than which is laid. What is it? It's what? Christ Jesus. That's, that's a, that's the foundation, right? And we know from Hebrews chapter 6, you don't have to turn there, it says, repentance, what are the foundation? Repentance from dead works and faith towards God. That's the foundation foundation from repentance from dead works you have six other foundations but the fundamental foundation is repentance from dead works and faith towards our lord jesus christ then that means how does how do we start laying this foundation in our own lives how does god, god start doing it doing it in our lives first of all he grants us the gift of repentance that's a very very important gift and as i said in several contexts i said the last words of jesus christ to the church is not matthew chapter 28 go into all the world. It's Revelation chapter 2 and 3. What? Repent. The last words to the Laudation Church. Be zealous and repent. Okay. Repentance. It's one of the most important, the ability to change the, change our way of thinking. That is what the word is. Metanoia Greek, in, in Greek means the ability to change our mind. That is what God gives us as a gift. We know it in from Second Timothy chapter 2. And you also know it from um, Acts chapter 11. That God grants them the gift of repentance even to the Gentiles. Okay. So that is where we start. That is how we start laying the foundation. Okay, repentance from dead works. But how do we do it? Luke's gospel chapter 6 gives us a very interesting paradigm. Look at what it says. Verse 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them. He has to do two, three, three things. Come, He has to come to Jesus. He has to hear his sayings. And he has to do them. Three things. And he says, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house. And what did he do first? Dug deep. That's the first thing that we need to do. Dig deep and then lay the foundation on the rock. In other words, there's a deep work that God has to do in our own lives. Deep work of repentance. Deep. That is the reason why it says, "I will circumcise the hearts of your hearts and the hearts of your forefathers, that you will love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all." That is that is the fundamental thing, and God is has to do that—a deep work. That is the reason why it says in Galatians, "You know what he says? Circumcision doesn't matter; uncircumcision matter doesn't matter. It is a new creation, faith expressing itself through love." Right? So he has to dig deep. Deep, deep repentance and laid the foundation on the rock and when the flood arose, the stream bit vehemently, beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it. See, deep repentance is very important. And we know this. How, 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 how can we, uh, measure our repentance? In what parameters? In Psalm 51, Joseph, uh, sorry, David talks about this. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. You see, fact of his sin. He confesses the fact of his sin. And then he says, I acknowledge my sin and my sin is ever before me. He says, you know what, I'm not ignoring it. I'm not trying to put a tooth malish. No, 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 no. This is what you call it. He says, you are the man, I am the man. He says, for I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest and in fact uh, if you read uh, Romans chapter 4 Paul talks about this he says David talks about the blessedness of a man okay but righteousness which is without faith and actually Romans chapter 3 right he is just when he speaks and before God Every man is a liar. Let God be true. And every man a liar. And he says, you know what Lord. I know before you, before your court. None of my works. All my good works. Doesn't matter how many good works I to absolutely my righteousness before, before you is like filthy rags. Against thee only, and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that thou mightest be justified when you speak and be clear when you judge. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity. And he calls it, the, and he talks about the depth of his sin. He says, behold, I was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother con, con, uh, conceive me. In other words, he says, Lord, I'm not sinning because I'm a sinner and therefore I'm sinning. I do not become a sinner because I sin. That's my very nature. Deep down inside my heart, absolutely sinful nature, Lord. I acknowledge that, that and I'm saying, Lord, do a deep work. And therefore he says in verse 6, you desire truth where? In the inward parts and in the hidden parts. So this year, do a deep digging. Okay, Don't try to, you know, it's it's not like, you know, go for, a lot of people do digging, digging and they condemn themselves. That is one extreme. The other extreme, everything is okay. And genuine people, they say, Lord, search me. Try me. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me into the way of everlasting life. See, because that that is the reason why this man, Apostle Paul is so great. That is how he starts. He says, I am the least of all the apostles. First Corinthians chapter 15. In Ephesians, he says, "I am the least of all the saints." And when he comes to la- the end of his life, is growing in the work of the work of repentance, deeper and deeper repentance. Jesus Christ, Jesus has come to save sinners. I am the number one. Okay, that is how deep his repentance is. You see, that is how we lay the foundation. In other words, Lord, I I did so much work. And Titus, he says, "I don't trust my works." And I'm waiting only for a righteousness which is not by works, which is a righteousness which is by faith in Jesus Christ alone. And he always stands upon that foundation. And therefore he has assurance in his life. What assurance that man has? He says, you know what? I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is what? A crown of righteousness which is ready for me. And not only for me, for everyone who loves his appearance, the crown of righteousness, the assurance is there. You know why? Because he's always examining himself and his repentance is genuine and deep. That's how we start. Every day in the morning. Lord, let me exercise the gift of repentance because the gift and callings of, callings of God are without repentance, Right. <laughs> Right. If God has given us the gift of repentance, let us continuous continuously exercise that gift. We'll continuous change, continuously change our mind and place our faith on the finished work of Jesus Christ alone. That is how building starts, the foundation. And then first Corinthians, let's move on. Verse 13. Verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 12. Now, if anyone <coughs> builds on this foundation with what? Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble or straw. How many ingredients? Six ingredients. Okay. And what are believers expe- expected to build upon this by with what? Not with six. We <laughs> are supposed to build with only gold, silver and precious stones. Wood and straw each one's will work become will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work as to what sort it is and if anyone wo- anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward now this is of course is not talking about uh, uh, eternal punishment this is talking about rewards. If anyone's work is burnt, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet as through only fire. In other words, God says, nothing in your hands you brought. Please sit in that corner in heaven and enjoy life. Okay, all the others will get their rewards. Okay. And therefore, he then he goes on to say, do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Okay, and that the spirit of God, temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. So he says very clearly as to how to build. He gives us ingredients, if you look at the slide. Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. That is today's message. Okay. We will just examine as to what these ingredients are. first peter chapter 1 verse 3 what is this gold first we look at gold blessed be the god and the father of our lord jesus christ according to his great mercy what he has he done he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead so this is a fundamental foundation right based upon the finished work of jesus christ he has given us a living hope he has caused us to be born again into a living hope and so that what to an inheritance that is imperishable undefiled, unfading, kept for you in heaven. Okay, there's an imperishable inheritance, that an unfading inheritance, an undefiled inheritance. And then he says in verse 5, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation which is ready to be revealed in the last time. And then he gives us the specific character called gold. Look at what it says. In this you rejoice, though for a little while, Everybody say, if necessary. I like that. You have been grieved by, you know, uh, in KJV Jesus, manifold temptations. Manifold means a spectrum of temptations. Different, different colors. Diverse temptations. Okay. You know, scripture talks about diverse doctrines. Diverse sicknesses. Okay, diverse lusts, manifold lusts, the different manifolds. And he says, if necessary, you are being grieved by manifold trials or temptations. Why? So that the tested genuineness of your faith. And then he defines more precious than what? Gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So what, how, what, what, is, he, what is God doing? He's building a genuine faith, which is compared to gold, through various trials, if necessary. And is it possible that they are not necessary? I don't know. Some, some trials may not be necessary. So there are some unnecessary trials. Those trials have come because of our own sin. Our own foolishness. Okay. There are some trials which God allows. Okay. He is talking about them. Okay. So now look, let us, let us look at another passage. We looked at it in, in different contexts in our church. James chapter 1 verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into Various trials, again the same thing. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking, and nothing. So that's the whole idea. The idea is, gold stands for genuine faith, tested faith. Tested faith through various trials, if necessary. And God will allow that. And we will look at one such trial by fire, literally, trial by fire in the Old Testament. Everybody knows that very well, no? Tell me, which is a trial by fire in the Old Testament, famous trial by fire? Job, not by fire, I mean literally by fire. Daniel, right? It's not Daniel, it's Daniel's three uh, friends. And notice this, very important episode, Daniel is not there in this episode. Okay, where is Daniel gone? Sovereignly, I think God sent him off on an errand. People say, scholars say, the king might have sent off Daniel on an errand. Daniel is not there. Initially, when Daniel took a stand, they all didn't have the strength or the conviction to take stand. So what Daniel took stand and ended. Saw Daniel taking a stand, these three friends, Michelle, Azariah and Hananiah. Okay, I don't want to call them Shadrach Mesha Okay. Michel, Hanana, and Azariah. They also took. Daniel means what? Daniel L. Daniel means what? My God. My God is my judge. That's Daniel. In that name itself, there is so much of power. Okay, my God is my judge. Okay, I'm not going to be subject to any other earthly ruler. I am my God is my judge. You are not my judge. So Daniel is not there, and Daniel is by God. God has to allow this in order to strengthen. That is the reason why Paul says, My dear brothers and sisters, work out your salvation not only in my presence, but much more in my absence. Okay, In the absence of people who can encourage you, exhort you, how will you handle this test is very important. So let us read from verse 8 of Daniel chapter 3. Therefore at that time certain Chaldeans or Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews they spoke and said to king Nebuchadnezzar and this is after Daniel interprets the dream of the big statue and the very next chapter it says Nebuchadnezzar makes a statue full of gold he doesn't like the interpretation of the dream Okay, he literally thinks that he's going to live forever. Anyway, let's move on. Therefore, at the time certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews, spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, and the lyre, and the psaltery, and symphony, with all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image. This is what we call a psychophant symphony. What is that? Psychophant symphony. Okay, so... (laughs) Whenever, oh great, you are so great Lord. And, and then when this music starts, everybody has to fall flat on their faces. And they have to say, king live forever. Now think about it, you know, how they address the king, king live forever. King also knows he's going to die. But that is how they address the king. Raja Adi Raja, Martha and Teja, etc, etc, etc. Okay, they just, oh, Shri, 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 Amos, Omari Shri, Shri. Okay, that is how they, they they flatter rulers those days. And he says, flute and the harp and the psalter and the symphony, all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And then, whoever does not fall and worship shall be cast in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews. Wow, that's the word. Jew means what? They're not certain Israelites. They're certain Jews. I like that word. What does Jew mean? Judah, Jew comes from the word Judah. He is not a Jew who is one inwardly, but he's is a Jew who is one, oh sorry, uh, outwardly, he is a Jew who is one inwardly. Circumcision is a matter of the heart, not of the flesh, of the spirit, not of the letter, whose praise is from God, not from man. So these are the Jews defined. What are their names? Shadrach, Meshach. Isn't it interesting? He calls them Jews. And calls them by their Babylonian names. You know what? In other words, these are their names. We have changed their names. These men, O king, have not paid regard to you. They do not serve. What? Your gods and worship the golden image which you have set up. See the two words, serve and worship. That's a temptation that Jesus had to face. No, The Lord your God you shall worship and him alone you shall serve. And what is the pressure here? The pressure always in this world is to serve other gods and to worship them, and to be like the crowd. We'll come to pressure later on. To be as to be the one among the boys, if you will. Otherwise, you'll be sticking like a, sticking up like a proverbial sore thumb. No, but that's what most Christians are. So these. Three sore thumbs were there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They would, they would say, "No, we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image which you have set up." And verse then Nebuchadnezzar is upset. And verse fifteen. Now he says to the to the three Jews, he says, "If you are ready at the time, you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, and psaltery and symphony with all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made. Good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately." Into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And uh, read that please. Who is the God which is able to deliver you from my image? In other words, serve my gods. Worship my image. Don't try to be loyal to your God. And that's exactly the pressure. Even, even in every church. I mean even today we have the same pressure. The pressure is to either serve the gods of this world. Or to serve God. So let, let us look at this in, 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 a, in a proper context. It's found in Galatians chapter 4. Look at what it says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 8 onwards. Formerly when you did not know God, what were you? You were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. That, is what, that was your nature. You were enslaved. Okay, But now that you have come to know God, or rather be known by God, how can you turn again back to the weak and worthless elementary principles of this world, whose slaves you want to be once more? He's telling the Galatian church, what has what has happened to you? What has happened to you? That you're you're just going back again. You knew that you were a slave to non-gods, and what are these non-gods? They're what we what are called as worthless elementary principles of this world. And now, let me ask you this question. What are the worthless elementary principles? The word is stoikon to cosmo, cosmo. I think it's in the, in, the, in the Greek. It means the ABCs of this world. What are the ABCs of this world? Matthew chapter 6. We know this very well. Therefore do not worry saying what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Three things. Okay, after coming to GTC, may you say you may say, no, 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 this is not my worry anymore. But really, honestly, deep down inside of your heart, is that not your worry? And he says, for after all these things, who seek? The Gentiles. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. You see, there's a pressure in all of us, all the time. Not pressure, a temptation if you will, to go back. It's, that's the reason why Galatians chapter 3 will say, you have begun in the spirit and now you want to become perfect in the flesh. <laughs> you, become, you become like little children, you're going back to those weak and beggarly elements, the ABCs of this world, which everybody worries. And you also become like that, worrying about that. Verse 34. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, but tomorrow still will, will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. You see, this is, this is the temptation. And do you think this temptation is, is, is not there even in apostles? It's there. You can go to any level in your spiritual work. This temptation always to sidetrack away and to go back to those beggarly elements is always there. To worship what we call as non-gods. Non-gods, right? That's exactly what this man did, right? Jeruboam, what did he do? These are the gods, O Israel, which has brought you out of Egypt. One at Bethel, one at Dan. Why? Do you want to go all the way? It's a very interesting uh, episode in uh, the book of Galatians. We call it the tale of two cities. Actually, it's not a tale of two cities. The entire book of Galatians is essentially a tale of two visits. One visit by Peter, sorry, Paul, to the church in Jerusalem. And the other visit by Peter. To the church in Antioch. Look at what it says in Galatians chapter 2. And verse 1 onwards. Then after 14 years. I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas. Taking Titus along with me. I went up because of a revelation. And, and said uh, before them. Though privately. Before those who seemed influential. The gospel that I proclaiming on the Gentiles. In order to make sure. That I was not running. Or had run in vain. You know what he's saying is that. I wanted to subject my gospel to peer review. So. They went and saw it. And verse 3, but look at what happens. But even Titus who was with me was not forced to be circumcised. Though he was a Greek. Why? Yet, because of false brothers secretly brought in who supplied, who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we might have in Christ so that they might bring us back into what? Slavery. Slavery to those beggarly elements. Bring us back into slavery and what did, what did, what did uh, Paul do? To them we did not yield in submission even for a moment. Why? So that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. You know what Paul is saying? When I am among believers, I guard my behavior so well, so that when people, other people look at me, my gospel that I preach and the life that I live, not even for a moment, it has to be challenged. It can be challenged. It has to be absolutely in line. And from those who seem to be influential, what they were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. In other words, he says, I don't care who these people are. They could be influential. He says, those I say who seem influential added, everybody say, nothing. They could add nothing to Paul's revelation. His gospel was perfect. So Paul was absolutely clear. He would not even give in for a moment, yield into temptation for those weak and beggarly elements. Galatians chapter 2 now again from verse 11. This time. This is Mr. Great Man called Sefer's. And when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. Because he stood condemned. Why? For before certain men came from James. Isn't it interesting? These circumcised party, they will come all the way to Jer- Jer- they're in Jerusalem. They will always come all the way to Antioch also. They want to spoil everywhere. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself Fearing the circumcision party. In other words, who were the people who were who were equivalent to Nebuchadnezzar in this case? All the people, all the brothers who came from James. Because he had a reputation before them. And slowly drew back. And then, and the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with them. Along with him, so that even Barnabas was led, led aside by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was in, not in or what not in line with the truth of the gospel I said to say first before them, if you do a Jew, live like a Gentile. You see that? Go back to the elementary principles and not like a Jew. How can you force Gentiles to, to live like Jews? We, we looked at that in several of our pastors conference messages. That was a force. That was the, that was the, that is the temptation for all of us to go back. Okay. That is the reason why it says he who puts his hand on the plow and Turns back is not fit for my kingdom. To go back. to this elementary principles, worrying about what shall we eat, what shall we drink, and what shall we put on. If that is our worry, then our find that the, the thing that we are building is not gold. Okay. We don't use the giftings of God, which is the grace of God, on temporal things, but on eternal things. Look at what it says in Daniel chapter 3, let's go back. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God will, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and He will deliver us from your hand, O king. So they, they said, our faith is very strong. Our convictions are, He can deliver us. But even if He does not deliver, so you know what, that's the that's reason why Hebrews chapter 11 will say, some receive their dead back to life, some, no. Both are faith." Okay, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, <laughs> nor we will worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and his expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach and Abed What do you know what he did? He spoke and commanded that they had heat the furnace 7 times more than it was usually heated. That means if it was 700 degrees centigrade 7 times more what does it mean? What it means is that he heated it so much <laughs> complete healing, complete heating only perfect heating and he commanded certain what men? Mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. And you know what Peter was saying my dear brothers and sisters, do not consider it what extraordinary about for about the fiery trial which is going to test you. But know this what what is the know this that the same kind of trials that you are experiencing are are being experienced by other brothers throughout the world so nothing new is happening to you okay nothing new there's nothing new another all the trials that you are experiencing some other also is experiencing what has happened seven times it has been heated and that's exactly what God will do every test is going to increase the f- temperature and other so you see obviously no you study tenth class the temperature is one level it is very easy to get ninety uh, percent in 98, sorry, that, yeah, 98.99% in 10th class. Intermediate exam also, if you're in China, no big deal. Dance will happen only when you start writing competitive exams. That is where the temperature increases. Okay, it's like a huge funnel. <laughs> so many people right? slowly, only few people come out. See, the education system in India is different. IIT, so many people write and only few get in, right? In abroad is different. So many people get into the university and a few get out. It's very interesting because that there the university has got temperatures. If you would hand in your assignment one day late, 15% of the grade is cancelled. And it has to come into his inbox at 11.59 PM in the night email he will check the time also fire a trial to get an a is not easy in some courses for example for that matter you have to forget i mean you have to summer pro, you have to give your body as a living sacrifice literally <laughs> holy and acceptable to the professor <laughs> you see this is this is this is, this, this and fi, and god is going to increase you know, if it for, for an earthly prize If the temperature is going to be increased so much, how much more for a heavenly price? And what is going to increase? First little and now he seven times increased the temperature, one shot. Then these men who were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans and their other garments were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was so urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, what happened? Very interesting. The flame of the fire killed those men. Now think about this. These were the men who were bowing down to the image. Yes, they got burnt. Isn't it interesting? The same people who put the the and Abednakon, they got, they got burnt and they were the people who were bowing down to the image. Because everybody had to bow down to the image of Nebuchadnezzar once the music starts. And these three men, Shadrach Meshach and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And then the king Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. What happens? And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to the counselors, What is this? Did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said to them, True, O king, look, he answered, I see four men lose free. You know what is what the fire what what this fiery trial is gonna do? It's gonna tie it's gonna loosen and Burn up all the bonds and the connections that you have with the world. fiery trials will do that, and your focus will become more and more heavenly. Look, he answered. I see four men lose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. You know what? A so lot of lot of children have a com- have complaints, Lord. The trial that I'm going through, what do you understand, Lord? How many have had this question? You know what God says? I am there with you in the trial. I am not a high priest who is not touched by the feelings of your infirmities. I have gone through every test and every trial and I overcame and I am without sin. I know the power of sin. That's the reason why I love that uh, example that this man of God John Piper gave once, once, one, one, sometime back. There were two businessmen, Christian, so called two Christian businessmen who went on a business trip conference. Both of them had troubled marriages. Okay. So once they went to this conference, you know in some places abroad women will just throw throw themselves at you. So this one Christian businessman, so two guys guys, kind of colleagues, I don't know they were really good friends. First time this guy got a temptation, he said no, the second time he got this temptation, he just gave in. And he had this justification. You know, after all, my marriage is messed up. You know, justification. You know, all of people will justify their sin. This is, after all, my marriage is messed up. My wife is such a pain. She doesn't understand my my problems. Etc. etc. and he gave in. There was another guy who was tempted every day. But he did not give. Now tell me, who experienced the power of sin more? The second guy, not the first guy. The guy who resisted temptation the last day. Experience the power of sin more. Now think about it. Jesus experienced the power of sin most. Because he was tempted in every point And he did not sin. And God says. I am there with you in that furnace. And I am touched by the feelings of your infirmities. I know exactly what you are going through. And in fact I know the power of the situation that you are going through. And I did not sin. And I am going to allow all my children to go through it. And until the last guy goes through this furnace. I will still be remaining in this Furnace. That is the reason why he says, "I chose you in the water of affliction, in the furnace of affliction. I chose you." See, come off, come to me. He says to the Lavardesian Church, "Buy from me what gold tested in what fire. Buy from me gold tested in fire." See four men. In other words. It is when you go through a fiery trial, you experience the presence of God most in your life. Amen to that. The most fiery trial, the greater the intensity of the trial, the greater you will experience the presence of God. Isn't it, isn't it true? That is the reason why you know what good Job says in Job chapter 23 if I'm right. I will be tested and I will come out as what? Gold. Look, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of fire. They are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Now let me tell you something. You take convictions and stand for God. I stand for God. You don't compromise. You know, this, this temptation I faced so many times in my own life. When I, mean, I was in, when I was in doing my masters, I had a professor who was Hare Rama Hare Krishna. Iskon. He invited all his students to his house on that whatever What is the festival? Uh, Krishnashtami, yes, Krishnashtami, exactly. All the students, everybody in the class has to go to Krishna's idol and offer a flower and come out. Otherwise, you will not get through your thesis, M.Tech thesis. Lakshmi Dhar Behra, Professor. Don't ask me my testimony. See, pressure. So the pressure is always, would you succumb to these elementary things of this world or will you take a stand for God? Who is your God? Education is your God? Or I am your God? Whose servant are you? Saraswati or me? That's always a temptation, and when you go through this, that is the reason why it says, "If need be, you're going through manifold trials, if necessary." Okay, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, even though it is tested, it's like gold which perishes; it will, be, it will be just tested by fire, may result in what? In praise and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, and that's exactly what happens. Look at what it says in the next verse, Daniel chapter three, verse twenty-six. Nebuchadnezzar went. Near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but your identity is what? You are the servants of the Most High God. I acknowledge it. You will not serve me, and you will not serve my gods. Come out, and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who came from the midst of the fire, Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, Blessed be the God, result in the praise and glory. Whose praise? Who sent his angel, his angel, that is A with a capital. Who's, who's that angel therefore? Jesus himself. And delivered his servants who trusted in that angel. And they have frustrated the king's words and yielded their what? Bodies. That they should not worship nor worship any god except their own god. And I'll tell you the biggest god everybody worships is their self. Romans chapter 6 verse 19. I am speaking in human terms. Because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity. and, And to lawlessness leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves to righteousness. Leading to sanctification. That is gold. And then what happens ultimately? Daniel chapter 3 verse 30. Everybody read that. Then the king, promoted. I like that. No, After every test, what should you expect? Promotion. Okay, so if you are going through a test, promotion is there. Don't give up. Guarantee. And you know who's got more interest in your success? God. That is the reason why he's there with you. It's like, you know, one exa- in the, he sent you to an examiner, examination and he said, sitting beside you and asking, asking making you write the answers. Literally. I, I had a friend, no, his name is Ajay, I told sometime back. Ajay, comes from a Telugu medium background. Came into engineering, okay. He would struggle with all the courses. Electrical engineering, some of the courses, really, really tough if you have background in Telugu. No, you don't have uh, mathematical background, mathematics background in English. Struggled, struggled, and you wouldn't believe it, no. He used to tell me, Vijay, you wouldn't believe it. I used to cry before exams and every time I used to go into the examination hall the Lord would literally sit next to me and it would as if he was leading me to write all the answers on the paper like that he taught me some concepts in my dreams I know that guy, oh, my, my parents also met him some time back and later on he got an Mtech in Electrical Engineering, sorry Electronics VLSI in HCU, graduated with a gold medal and now he's serving the Lord full time in Karnataka. Amazing man of God. That is how, you know, you're going, that's exactly what God is doing. You know what, this is a test that you're going through. You know what, you don't, I'll be there, you know. I, I don't have to give you cheaties, I'll be next to you. I will guide you. I'll, be, I'll guide you, no problem. And let the examination, examiner also see you. See me. He will not, he will not object, he will say, why? What a God. He's there with them. In the midst of the fire, what about my gods? They desert me when I'm going through troubles and my problems. Which God can save like our God? Who's there with us in every trial that we go through. Our God will never desert us. He's faithful. That is the reason I know what Paul says. (laughs) If God be for us, who can be against us? I am fully convinced these are nakedness. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? can nakedness, can distress, can peril, can famine, can sword? As it is written, we are being considered as sheep to be slaughtered all day long. But I am fully convinced that neither height, nor depth, nor principality, nor power, nor of in the ages to come, neither present nor future can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And in all these things we are what? More than conquerors. That is, that is a promise that he experienced. He experienced and it's true. And if you're going through trials and sufferings, and if you have a big suffering called boss, whom is very difficult to please, read 1st Peter chapter 2. Yesterday we were doing it. You will get so much of comfort. You know why? God is not going to test you more than your ability. And with every trial and every test, he's going to make a way. First, therefore, how is our gold? Tested genuineness. Are you going through a test? If you're going through a test, praise God. You know what? Should you do? You should count it. No, no, no. no. You should count it all joy, <laughs> like that. You should count it all joy. In other words, if you are going through a test, that means that, that means there's a genuineness in you, and God is saying, you know what? There are little little bindings of the flesh inside of you, some gods that you consider bigger than me. I'm gonna send you to, through fire. I'm gonna stand next to you just like Apostle Paul. Everybody in my first dis- defense deserted me, but the Lord himself stood by me and strengthened me. Stood by me and strengthened me. He will, you will experience, no? You will experience God in incredible ways when you go through testings and trials. Praise God for that. So the first thing he's talking about, build it with gold. Don't run after gold build your life with gold where is where is gold where is where, where how can gold be where, where do you find gold where where your faith is tested that is that is that will happen only in the promised land you leave the promised land and you go to any other place you might be called righteous but there's no test for you that's exactly what happened to abraham right abraham is where in the promised land and what did he have? He had 300, 318 trained soldiers who were born in Abraham's household. Why do you need trained soldiers in your Abraham's household? Because in order for you to maintain the promised land, you have to fight. There will be testings after testings after testings in your life, and you have to fight and possess your promises. They are not going to come easy. The promises of God, You have to fight for them. You have to cling to the promises. And what happens in Sodom? It says in Ezekiel chapter 16, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. What did they have? Plenty of bread, fullness of bread, abundance of idleness, and did not strengthen the hand of the needy. There was no war. There was always comfort over there. You know what happens? There's no strength in any of them in Sodom to fight any battle. The kings come to Sodom and defeat them in their own territory. It's like India going to Australia and beating them in Australia. In test match. You know, that's considered to be absolutely a big shame, no? How they get so frustrated when they lose an ashes test in their own country? Home series. We came to your backyard when we taught you a lesson. It's exactly what happened to the Sodom, kings in Sodom. Had no strength. Testings and trials came and did you, do you think Lot learned a lesson? No! No. Testings and trials. As I always tell this. You know, the safest place to be. Is the place of what? War. Battle. The safest place. Because you are always in hooks. You know what God is doing? He's taking your eyes from the things of the world. And putting your eyes on heavenly things. That is the reason why Colossians chapter 3 will say. Set your eyes on things above. If you have been raised with Christ Jesus. No, not on earthly things. So that is gold first. Second. Let's look at the second foundation stone. What is that? Silver. The first gold talks about refining. Say, everybody say refining. Refining. Second, silver. Silver is a picture of redemption in the Bible. What is it? Second is a picture of redemption. So, we have refining. Second, we have? What is the adjective form of redemption? Redeeming. Okay. Okay, first is refining, second is redeeming. What is silver? Let us, let us try to understand what silver is. Now, In order to understand silver, let us look at a very interesting passage found in Exodus chapter 30 and verse 11 onwards. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, when you take a census of the children of Israel for their number, then every male shall give a ransom for himself to the Lord when you number them. Now, actually this word ransom and redeem is the same. Okay, a price for redemption, in other words. Okay, give a ransom for himself to the Lord when you number them, that there may be no plague among them when you number them. So what should you do? In order for you to have no plague, and when you do a census, doing a census is not a problem, but whenever you do a census, what should you do? Each male who's gonna be a part of the census, he has to give a ransom price. To the whom? To the Lord. What does it mean? It is telling the Lord. Lord you have purchased me. I belong to you. You have redeemed me. I belong to you. I am yours. Not just once. But twice. This is what everyone among those who are numbered shall give. Otherwise what will come down to you? A plague. Okay. Okay keep this in mind, hmm? just keep this in mind, very interesting and then half a shekel according to the shekel of the sanctuary, this is essentially a shekel of silver a shekel is 20 geras half shekel shall be uh, shall be sorry, shall be an offering to the lord ok, the half shekel shall be an offering to the lord everyone including among those who are numbered from oh Now tell me, 20 years old and upward, who are they? a part of the what? a part of the what? No, 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 no. 20 years old and upward, everybody who's been numbered, they're a part of the battle, and they're part of the army. Okay. Interesting, okay. Everyone including among these, uh, who are numbered from 20 years old and upward, shall give an offering to the Lord. The rich shall not give more. The poor shall not give less than half a shekel. That means everybody should give half a shekel. Means everybody has it in other words. When you give an offering to the Lord to make at, what atonement for yourselves, you shall take the atonement money of the children of Israel and shall appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of meeting that it may be a memorial for the children of Israel before the Lord to make atonement for yourselves. So in other words, this is essentially a picture of the redemption that Christ wrought for us on the cross. The rich person doesn't matter how rich he is; he also should give how much half a shekel. The poor man, however poor he is, he also should give half a shekel. Doesn't matter whether a Jew or a Gentile or a king or a peasant; you have to have to have to give this, and that means Christ has paid for everybody. And what are you doing in this process? You are acknowledging by giving this half a shekel of silver that I belong to you, that I have been redeemed. Then Exodus chapter thirty-eight. Was 26 and 27. A bake off for each man that is half a shekel according to the shekel of the sanctuary for everyone included in the numbering from 20 years old and upward for 600,000, 300, 603,550 men. That means these are all the men who were counted in the book of numbers. These are all, these, all these people had to give half a shekel to the sanctuary as a redemption price. Nothing about it. Otherwise, what will come, come out? Come to you, a play. David also did a census. What was he supposed to do? Half a chicken supposed to give. Did he give? No. What happened? Play Okay. Now, what does that mean for us? What is the silver? Silver is an acknowledgement Lord, you have redeemed me, you will continuously keep redeeming me to the uttermost, I am yours. In other words, silver, it becomes silver literally when you pay the price. Every time you have a choice, you say, Lord, this belong, This says that I belong to God. And this says that I do not belong to God. I choose this choice, which tells that I belong to who? God. I'm not my own. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of our sins. Therefore, those who have been redeemed... They should have a behavior. Right? That is how you, how to build your life. There should be a a kind of a behavior pattern which, which, which proves to you and to God that you are a what generation? A redeemed generation. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17. And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, that's exactly what is going to, we will be test, all our work will be tested by Fire. That's what he says. And you call him what? Father. And this father, just because you call him father, he's not going to say, okay, you're my son. It's okay. No, he says, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that, now let's read that together. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible, uh, with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers you know that's exactly what you received. you are what 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 we call as purposeless life let me tell you something if you were in this world and you had an ambition but if that ambition is not the ambition of God for you it doesn't matter how big that ambition it is aimless And what, you know what God has done actually? He has redeemed you from your purposeless life. And He had actually given you purpose. How did He redeem us? With the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish. Now think about this. If you are redeemed, do you have a purpose? Yesterday somebody was talking to me during the men's prayer. He says, how do we find our purpose? How do we find the will of God? Let me tell you how you find the will of God. Again, this is the will of God. Your sanctification that you may abstain from sexual immorality. That each one of you should know how to possess his own body in honor. That is the will of God. General will of God. And if you do this general will of God. You know what it says. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable first thing. Second, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will prove that which is good. Acceptable. And the perfect will of God. And you know what will happen. More and more. Even as you walk with the Lord. Your purpose will become Better defined, better defined, more well defined, more well defined, more well defined. Your problem statement will be absolutely crystal clear. You'll get your PhD in six, six, six months. You know, that's exactly what we do in PhD, right? If you know your problem, what you're solving, then you get, getting the answer is easy. Lot of people, we don't know what we are solving. What are we solving? What is the problem? To get the problem is a big problem. And most of the time believers are aimless. They're doing a lot of activity, but there is absolutely no purpose in their lives. Ask them, can they stay in one place and like, like Elijah and not move? No, because Elijah stayed in one place because he knew his purpose. One place without moving. Not aimless. Follow one man without moving. Joshua. Not aimless. Not distracted. Follow one man called Abraham. Lot says, no, 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 no. Let me make my life. It is my, it is, it's my life. They become John Bonjovi, Right? Bonjavi, you know? It's my life. Self-made man. Somebody, I think Ravi Zakar who also said it. He says, when you say you're a self-made man, you have <laughs> relieved God of the greatest responsibility. <laughs> self-made man meaning what? I am my own righteousness. Really? See, it doesn't matter. See, you're not your own, but with the precious blood of Christ. In other words, what is the blood of Christ? If you read Hebrews chapter 1, you don't have to turn there. It talks about seven characteristics of Jesus. And one of the seven characteristics, he says, he was the express image of the Father. He upholds all things by the word of his power. He is the glory of the father, etc. Seven things. And one of the seven things. And he made propitiation for our sins. And he sat at the right hand of the father. In other words, your sin problem was not a small thing. It took a man of such great stature in order for to buy, buy your redemption. And you think your life is your own? You see, that's what I was talking to yesterday there are two Vedas in, you know, in, in the Hindu scriptures. One is, one is called as Rig Veda, where, where, they, where they talk about the holiness of God. The characteristics of God. And there is Yajur Veda, which talks as to how to appease this God. And in Yajur Veda, in order to appease this God, they, they, there's one guy, one pujari who has to do a manavakalyana yagna. You know that, right? And this Pujari, he should, be, he should be no ordinary Pujari. He has to be a Pujari who has got Sahasranama. Ante he, has, he has to have thousand characteristics. All the thousand characteristics have to be fulfilled in this fellow. In this in this Pujari. In order for him to appease God. And for, for example, Sahasranama. That's exactly what our ancients said. Sahasranama meaning, oh, you know that, no? Om Shri Brahmaputraya Namaha. He should be a son of Brahma. Kanya namaha, he should be a son of Kanya. Daridra naraya namaha, he should be an arayana, who is also a daridra. Vruksha namaha, he has to be a person who has to be crucified on the tree. panchagaya namaha, he has to have five wounds. Murchinjaya namaha, he has to overcome death. These are the seven of the sahasra namas. And who has actually, and if you go through every of the Sasra Namas, you'll see the only person who, who can fulfill all the sasra is Jesus. And one man of God, very, very interesting statement. Just, just imagine if you have, uh, you have a, a requirement in your office for a PA. And the requirement is she should be MA in English. She should be less than 35 years old. And she should be good at computers. And three people came for the interview. One is 35 years. Second is MA English. Third is good with computers. Will you employ all three? No. You will employ the person who has got all these three and the only person who has got Sahasranama is Jesus Christ himself. I'm not making this up, that's there. Lamb without blemish who can, he's everything. You name it and, and he is the one who had made atonement for our sins. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what your background is. And you think that your life is your own? No. Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good for his mercy, endures forever. Let everybody say that. The redeemed of the Lord says, oh, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. That is exactly what God has done in all of us that we sang that song, no? From every tribe, every nation. And when we talk about Asian believers filled with God's holy fire, kya hai? Sound of Asian believers? filled with God's holy fire from every tribe, every nation and what God is doing, he is gathering and he says, he who does not gather with me scatters abroad are you a gatherer? You're gathering with God if you belong to him you yourself that is the reason why it says in Ephesians chapter 4 3, five, three if I am right, that you will understand the length and the breadth and the height and the depth of the love of God together with the whom? with the saints excuse me Galatians chapter 5, verse 24. Now those who belong to Christ have, everybody said that, crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Everybody has got desire, no? So this word is desire. It's not just, <coughs> everybody should have passion. Everybody should have desire. A man without passion and a man without desire, I don't want to be along with him. He has to have passion. For any sport, for that matter, you should be passionate. If you want to excel. Have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. You know what? You have this consciousness. Lord, I do not belong to myself. I belong to you. I belong to you. In other words, I have a passion for something. I want to change that passion. I want to have passion for God. Passion for his word. Passion to make disciples of all nations. Passion for God's work. Passion to evangelize passion to preach the gospel look at genesis chapter 39 and it came to pass after these things that the master's wife cast longing eyes on joseph and she said lie with me but he refused and said to his master's wife look my master does not know what is it what is with me in the house and he committed all that he has into my hand there is no great no one greater in this house than i nor has he kept back anything from me but you because you are his wife and was how then can I do this what? Great wickedness against God. Sin against God. You see, he knew he was not serving Potiphar. He was serving God in Potiphar's house. That is the reason why Colossians will say, whatever you do in word or in deed, do it as unto God and not as unto man. You know why? Because you are Belonging to God. You're, the moment you have become a born again believer, everything that you have, your career, your job, everything belongs to him. And he has the right and the and the authority to decide how to use you. Wherever he uses you. Just surrender. It's what we call a surrender. I belong to God. And not to anybody else. Daniel chapter 1. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishan, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. So if the chief of the eunuchs gave them names, who, what was Daniel then? I don't know. Was he a eunuch? I don't know. Daniel, he called Belshazzar, Hananiah, he called Shadrach, Mishael, he called Meshach, and Azrahi, he called Abednego. The identities have been changed, you know, but what it says, Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the food. It means he said, what, Lord, I belong to you. You decide what I should eat, and you, are, you already decided in your, in your menu, these are the allowed things, and these are not allowed. And think about it, no? I mean, I was, as I was listening to Zak and if I'm right. You know what he said, just imagine if you're you poor, and you don't have much money. You are not able to do mutton, mutton chicken every day. Okay, You don't have that ability. You know what he said? Don't compromise on the things of God. God is able to turn your vegetables into mutton chicken and give you better health than those people who eat mutton chicken. 10 times better. Do you trust him? Oh, we are so poor. We don't eat mutton in my home. Don't have to worry Baba. My husband doesn't get anything. No mutton at all. Every day chicken mutton should be there. There is no Thota Kura. Nothing. One Kura means mutton only. In <laughs> Telangana especially. Kura means mutton. <laughs> and if that fellow doesn't get mutton, he will not even bless his son. That is Isaac. He shows no partiality. He accepts no one's face. Isaac or Esau, they have to feed a mutton. And whoever feeds the mutton, he will give. The first come, first out. Very, very, very impartial. Think about it, no? One area. In that one area called food, Isaac messed up. One area. What is that area in your life? Where God is not able to say, this is my, hand it over to me. And you know what? The first thing Daniel says, you know what, I will not defile myself. Why? You know what, if they knew the attitude of people, get people used to rich lifestyles. If you get people used to rich lifestyles, the then Babylonians knew that very well. This is the heart of every man. If you get people used to big lifestyles, now what has happened? You have to compromise more and more on the things of God. Not necessarily that you are, you are earning money through uh, through wrong means. You have no time for God. That's what it means. You may be earning money through righteous means. I'm not saying that. But you don't have time for God. Fa- God is not even been factored in your equations. Why? Because you've been used to a lifestyle. Even around country, no? Hyderabad, how it has changed? 10 years back, how it was? The kind of salaries people receive nowadays, if you hear it, you will say, what is this, Baba? 1.5 crores. How much did you get salary? Oh, my package was only 1 crore. What is it? 70 lakhs on itchi 70 lakhs. You know why? And they're used to lifestyles. Roti kapada makan mere bhi bhi ke liye ek, or mere are Not satisfied. And now, Because they have to, they got used to such exorbitant lifestyles. You know what God wills? It's very difficult for them to compromise. I mean, it's easy for them to compromise on the things of God. And Daniel said, first where there itself, Kajasadhari. I am not going to compromise. That is the reason why if you don't eat, you don't die. Say that. You test it on yourself, Baba. Test it on yourself. That is the reason why lifestyle of fasting is so important. Why do we say fasting, fasting, fasting? Because you are proving to your own body, I don't need food. Food, I mean, fasting does not save you. Not doesn't make you righteous. But denying yourself, what are you doing? You're teaching your body to deny yourself. Like the Derek Prince, no? (laughs) Like that. He started fasting that one day. By the time in the evening, he was feeling so hungry. His stomach was yearning for food. And then he looked at his stomach and he said, Stomach. You troubled me so much to this day. I am going to give you a punishment. You are not going to eat tonight. You are going to fast one more day. Kya you see? That is exactly how you practice. This is what we call as beating your body and pummeling it into subjection. So having preached to others, you yourself will not be what? Disqualified. You have a price and you are running for that. A lifestyle of Fasting. Regular times of fasting. That should be a part of our lives. Some people, fasting from talking is much enough, is more than sufficient for them actually. Just no more muscle control, go to the goose and bounce. Keep your mouth shut. So they are just yawning to speak. Bah! You know, gregarious and no? personality, I don't know take it easy. Okay, see, Daniel says, you know what purpose? This is what we call as unit mentality. You're denying yourself certain legitimate pleasures for the kingdom of God. You know why? Because you're saying, Lord, this is the price that you have paid for me and my body belongs to you. My money belongs to you. My mind belongs to you. My time belongs to you. Everything belongs to you. Matthew chapter 19, verse 12. For there are eunuchs who are born thus from their mother's womb. They have no ability to reproduce. And there are eunuchs who are made eunuchs by men. Some accidents have, might have happened in their lives. And then there are eunuchs who have been made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of God's sake. <laughs> he was able to accept it, let him accept. And you say, no, 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 for, not for me, I should get married. And 1 Corinthians chapter 7 will say, those who are married should behave as if they are not married. Why? Because the time is very short. What a parting message to give to Albert, no? Enjoy Albert. (laughs) If you have to be married, you have to be married. Because that is a process of sanctification. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) I think John Piper wrote this book, no? He said, this light and momentary not affliction, marriage. He said, "I, I, I like that provocative title." I say, <laughs> "Light and momentary marriage." Okay, good. So he's able to. He is able to accept it. Let him. That's what he says. No. Oh, if this would be the case for a man with his wife, it is better for him not to be married. And did Jesus disagree? No. Very much agreed. And Paul says, it, "I wish that all of you were like me." Now if you are married, don't be want to become like Paul. Okay. But if you are not married, ask God. Who knows? You never know. Okay. Let's move on. So you have finished silver. Silver means you are redeemed by God and who belongs to you? You belong to whom? God. He purchased you and he owns you and he decides things for you. Whether to marry or to tarry. And for Jeremiah, he said, what did he say? No, no, no. Don't marry. Jeremiah said, don't marry. What Isaiah, marry a prophetess. And once you have children, name them Maharshalal Hashbaz. What is that, Lord? Maharshalal Hashbaz. That means you don't even have a right as to how to name your children. Everything comes from me. Hosea, you should be married. To whom Lord? Gomar, my Yababwe. Ezekiel, you are married, no? The delight of your eyes. I will take her away. Don't mourn. Boy. Surrendered. That is prophets. No, prophetic call is not ordinary call. Prophetic office is not an ordinary office. You know what he tells Isaiah? Isaiah, walk naked. And Isaiah, who is royalty, who could get access into the royal palace anytime he wants, has to walk naked. Surrender. Jeremiah, take your loincloth. Go to this place, bury it. Put it inside. After several years, go back and take it again and put it around your waist. Kya hai? Surrender. Surrender. I belong to you, God. I belong to you. I'm yours. Okay. So we finished gold, silver, third. Precious stones. What is this precious stones, Baba? First, we call us, first one we talked about gold, we talked about what? Refining. Second, we talked about silver, we call it, we talked about redeeming or redemption third we talked about precious stones what is precious stone if you turn to you don't have to the first Peter chapter 2 we know come he is a precious stone elect he is the stone elect and precious the chief cornerstone okay and all who believe in him will not be put to shame and you also come into him as living stones we're not talking about that talking about that we're talking about what stones Precious stones. Where do you find these precious stones? Just one place in the Bible. We know this very well. Several times we looked at it in our church. Revelation chapter 21 verse 19. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was Jasper. The second Sapphire. Third chalcony, Chal, The fourth Emerald. Fifth sardonyx. Sardius. Seventh. Sixth sadis, Seventh chrysolite. That's my eldest. My, my wife's elder sister. Eighth Beryl. Younger sister. Ninth Topaz. Tenth. Chrysopras, eleventh jacinth—that's my wife—and twelfth amethyst. What are these twelve stones, Baba? What is a? How does one something become precious stone? Diamond? Before it becomes diamond, is carbon. Boggu. Hindi. Boggu. How does boggu become diamond? Pressure. And after it is subject to intense amount of heat and pressure from all directions, under that pressure it crystallizes and it becomes from amorous to crystalline. If you are a chemistry student, the entire property has changed. First thing talks about refining, second thing talks about redemption, third thing talks about transformation what is it called transformation so what happened under pressure under intense heat you have what we call as crystal diamond oh this is fantastic diamond do you take it from the, uh, from the from the from the from the whatever the mines and they will say okay this is diamond you are happy about it no you are not happy about it you give it to the smith and what does the Phil Smith do? He will subject it to more washing and clean cleansing. And then he will cut it. And then you know what happens? Once light enters into the diamond, it will not leave it. Do you know that? The refractive index of light, of, of diamond, if you have studied physics optics, once it enters into, the light enters into diamond, it doesn't come out. keeps on. That means once you have been tested by the fire of God and you've come through pressure, the light of God comes into you and it will never go out. Be shining. As stars differ in glory, so shall the saints be. Precious stones. And you know these are the same precious stones which are there on the Breastplate of the high priest, okay. Twelve gates were 12, were twelve pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. That means this, exactly what high priest had. He had a breastplate full of gold. Upon that breastplate he had twelve stones, precious stones. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's all read it together. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the of the power may be of God and not of us. That means we are all what? Bogu, then what happens? We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body. What? the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. What is it? it? Renewed day by day. From what? One glory to another. We being transformed internally from glory to glory, even as God is subjecting us to what? Pressure. How many of you are going through pressure? I don't want to ask. You don't have to go through pressure. Your pressure will come to you. Okay. You don't have to search. Today, let me have pressure. No, it will come. Okay. And God is, if you are a child of God, and if he wants to make you into a pressure stone, build a life using pressure stone. How many of you want to have pressure stones in your building? Tell me. Let me see. Abba! Honestly, you know. <laughs> pressure. Hey my gold in the pressure. But here I'll tell you something, no? With every pressure, God gives grace. I have gone through, he says, what are you talking about? Pressure. First pressure most of the children go through is what we call a spear pressure. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to even great man Peter. He also had a peer group called the Jerusalem Jewish Believers Circumcision Party. Okay, and he wants to. He wants to appease his peer group, and suddenly the gentle believers come. I mean, he has to also be good to them, and these other people come from the Jerusalem church. Slowly, he's coming under what pressure? Paul says, Baba, you stand up on the bench. Can you imagine, no apostle? But I'll tell you something: apostles should correct apostles. The guy who surrendered like Paul. Should correct a guy who surrendered like Peter. Oh, I will also come on. Oh, what? Correct. Take it easy. Okay. And God says that you should correct. You correct, but you should also have the same kind of what we call as uh, surrender, like the way the other guy has. Everybody wants to correct these days. Anyway, that is besides the point. So what does he do? You stand up on the bench. You, being a Jew, live like a Gentile. Why are you compelling, compelling Gentiles to live like Jews immediately? Does he take correction? He takes correction. But let me tell you something did ever Paul succumb to those kinds of pressure? No. Once he decided in his mind, no wavering at all. No wavering. No wavering, no peer pressure. Sometimes we also have what we call as time pressure. What time pressure? Are you? I'm getting old. We need to have a baby. The Lord has kept me from having a baby. Oh, can't you take Hagar? Gave into pressure and created an Ishmael that follows creating problem till today. Can you imagine if somebody would have tell Abraham, told Abraham, Abraham, you make a decision today, 4000 years people will be suffering the consequences of your action. Can you imagine that? This is Ishmael, no? Every man's hand against him, his hand against everybody. That's exactly Ishmael's plight nowadays. Everybody's hand against him, his hand against everybody. There's no peace for Ishmael, he doesn't give peace to anybody else. One rocket, one piece, one guy, Suleimani, he is, is killed, he kills his own people. Like a fool. You know that, what happened, no? For the aircraft, for the aircraft. See, time pressure happens to a lot of Young people, like, yo, 33 ayipotthunday. yo? Yep, very difficult to find a boy or a girl. And you know what happens? They come into, they give into pressure and they mess up their lives. Which is d- d- easier. Momentary pressure and lifetime pleasure. Or momentary pleasure and lifetime pressure. You choose. I said before you, (laughs) life and death, blessing and curse, you choose. Another pressure, I'll I'll show you this pressure, Pressure. what what I call is deadline pressure. How many of you have deadline pressure? 1st Samuel chapter 13 and verse 1 onwards. We know this story very well, but let's look at the details in this context. Pressure. Saul lived for one year and then became king. And when he had reigned for two Years over Israel, Saul chose 000, three hundred thousand three thousand men of Israel. Two thousand were with Saul in Mikmash and the hill country of Bethel, and thousand were with Jonathan at Gibeah of Benjamin. Okay, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's, don't 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 touch. Don't touch. Leave, leave okay. Leave it, leave it. Leave it. It's okay. The rest of the people he sent home every man to his tent. Was three. Jonathan defeated. The garrison of the Philistines that was at Gibeah and the Philistines heard of it. And Saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land saying, let the Hebrews hear. That's the problem with Saul. One year, king. Second year, 3000 people. The next time what happens, his son uh, fights the war and he takes the credit. Let everybody hear. I am the top. And all Israel heard it. Said that the Paul had de- uh, that Saul had defeated the garrison of the Philistines. It's not Jonathan. Saul had defeated the garrison of the Philistines, and also that Israel had become a stench to the Philistines, and the people were called out to join Saul at Gilgal. Gilgal means separation. You know that, no? And the Philistines mustered to fight with Israel thirty thousand chariots and six thousand horsemen and troops, like the sand on the seashore in multitude. That's exactly what happens. Okay, when you take credit to yourself, God will increase the pressure upon your life so much, like uh, you will not even th- imagine, you uh, you blew the trumpet, let me see how you will uh, behave now. They came up and encamped in Mikmash to, uh, to the east of Bethheven. when the men of Israel saw that they were in trouble, for the people were hard pressed. They came under pressure. Okay, the people came under pressure, the people hid themselves in caves and in holes and in rocks and in tombs and in cisterns. That's exactly what happens in any place, wherever the pressure increases, people start hiding. And some Hebrews crossed the forts of the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. They literally forsook Israel almost. In other words, they went on to the other side of Jordan. Gad was on the other side of Jordan. They didn't want to be in the promised land. Saul was at Gilgal and all the people followed him trembling. He waited for seven days, the time appointed by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal and the people were being scattered from him. Pressure. What happens? So Saul said, bring the burnt offering here to me and the peace offering. And he offered the burnt offering and you know the story. And immediately after he offers the burnt offering, who comes? Samuel comes. You know, this is something incredible, no? God puts you to the pressure. And you just endure the pressure. The breakthrough is right there. Where's the breakthrough? Right there. But you know what? You see people scattering from you and you want all to hold all the people together. You know, God says, just keep quiet. Take it easy. Who gives the victory? You or me? God, some trust in chariot, victories did not come because you had strength in your army. No, your victories is because of me. And till the last minute, he waits, the breakthrough is right there, but he gives into to pressure. And you know the story. Samuel said, what have you done? And Saul said, when I saw the people were scattering from me and that you are a problem. You see that? I'm not the problem, you are the problem. Did not come within the days appointed that the fist Philistines has mustard is Mikmash. He never takes responsibility. I said, now the Philistines will come down against me in Gilgal and I have not sought the favor of the Lord. So I forced myself to offer. In other words, I didn't want to do it. But I forced. That's exactly a lot of people. I didn't want to do it, but I forced myself to do it. I didn't have any other choice. Aaron, what is this golden calf? The people are saying, "Make us, make us uh, gods." I took their earrings and they put it in this uh, fire, and out came this calf. I know, I'm not the problem. I'm not the problem. Pressure, you cannot take pressure, and God is going to allow pressure. God is going to allow pressure and he's going to allow pressure in your own. It's the closest of relationship. There could be an... The only way God is going to sanctify us, he's going to use our marriages also. Most of the times he will use that to sanctify us too. Imagine pressure on Job and his wife. Job said, Job Job chapter 1 verse 9. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. Hello, You know what he says? Shall we receive good from God? And shall we not receive evil? In all this Job did not sin with his lips. See that pressure. And God is going to subject us to pressure. Pressure is good. Then we know how strong we are. Do you want to know your strength? Subject yourself to pressure. God says. And the more you are able to handle pressure, what will God do? The more He will go on to you.
1: <laughs> See.
0: And sometimes God uses pressure to teach you a lesson. What is the pressure? It's called as the belly of the whale. Why do I call it pressure? How, how many of you swam in this in waters, in, in the, in the in, in the, in the swimming pool? Where do you find intense pressure? At the bottom of the pool, not at the top of the pool. And exactly what God did to this man. Put him under intense pressure to get out of the khachar out of his life. And finally from the depths of the belly's veil, he cries out after three days. Three days, he will not confess. Can you imagine the stubbornness of this fellow? Three days he keeps his mouth shut. After three days, he says, those who... Pursue worthless idols, forsake their own mercy. And God says, okay, whale or whatever that fish, please vomit him out. Pressure. And God is going to allow pressure into our lives for sure. Why should he allow pressure into our lives? I'll tell you something. It is only when we go through intense pressure or pressure, pressure, whatever pressure it is, we know who we are. That is the reason why it says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, I caused you to hunger, okay, all these 40 years, I suffered you to hunger, and then I fed you with manna, to prove to you that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, and to test if you will obey my commandments or not. And did they? Most of the time, no. Little pressure, gone. Moses, Moses, Moses. See ability to handle pressure that is how God is going to take us through he's going to build on gold he's going to refine us he's going to redeem us and third he's going to transform us and one of the instruments God uses is persecution that is the reason why he says bless your enemies do good to those who persecute you so that you will be like the what like you're the ch- of like the children of your father in heaven for he causes his rain to fall on the just and the unjust and therefore you should be what perfect in love as your father in heaven is also what perfect pressure okay. pressure in marriages pressure in finances oh there's going to be intense pressure in finances what will you do Imagine no, if one year, one month, or whatever happens to you, what will first thing be compromised? Will your tights be compromised, or will you trust God? Will your giving be compromised? Test me, Lord. We know it. Then we know. Really, we do. We have the ability, and God will not allow more pressure to come into our lives other than more than what we can bear. But you know what, God is. Planning to do, he wants to transform us. We talk about being transformed by the renewing of our mind, etc. etc. But a transformation does not happen easily, it happens under pressure. And therefore, what God ordained tests and trials in our lives. God is going to give us the the ingredients to build with gold, silver, and precious stones. Else, what do we have? We have these three: wood, hay, stubble. What is wood, hay and stubble? Decreasing value. I mean, they're 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 increasing in decreasing in value. Wood to hay to stubble. Wood means what? It looks good. It looks strong, but we put fire in it, it'll burn. What is it? That's what Timothy will say. Paul says to Timothy, they have a form of godliness, but no power. Form is there, but absolutely no power. Once the testing comes and the fire comes, they will give in. Hay and stubble. (laughs) Hay is actually grass. What is your life? I told you, no. We want to stay on this side of Jordan. Why? We like grass. Our entire life is revolving around only grass. We don't want to. We have so many cattle, and we like lot of grass. We want to be on this side of Jordan. We don't want to go into the Promised Land. Why? In the Promised Land, there will be a lot of pressure. And you know that, right? The the the, the guy who is actually Possessed by a legion of demons. Is, in the, is, is from the land of the Gadarenes. By the way. On this side of Jordan. Each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work. As to what sort it is. And therefore because we are receiving a kingdom. That cannot be shaken. What should we build our lives on? Allow God to what? Refine us. Allow God to? Redeem us. And allow God God to make us into what? Transform us through pressures. Transform us and slowly. Doesn't matter how many times you fail. You should all fail. Only when we fail. It's exactly what happened to Peter. no? Even if everybody forsakes you. I will not forsake you. Simon, Simon. Satan has asked me permission to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed that your faith will not fail you. But after you are being restored. Strengthen your brothers. Thank God. God is praying for us. Doesn't matter how many times we fail. If we come back to God and say, Lord, I surrender everything to you. Lord, fan me back to flames. Bring back that love, that the love that I had for you when I started first. Refine me. Redeem me. Transform me. Can we all stand up this morning in the presence of God? Can we have the worship team? Let's worship for a few minutes. Sing that song. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood. Lose all their guilty stains. The dying thief rejoiced to see the fountain in his day and there may I, though vile as he lose all my stains away. God can start with us afresh this Sunday. And we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Amen. So let's sing that song. There is a fountain filled with blood.
1: There is a fountain. And sinners Beneath floor, lose all the guilty states,
0: Lose all this morning. Father, we want to come back to you and we want to start afresh. Many of us need a fresh start. And we have failed you. We have denied you when we came under pressure. We have denied you when we came under financial pressure. But Lord, even though we were unfaithful, you still continue to remain faithful. For you could not deny yourself. And this morning, Lord, as your children, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, refine us. We sing that song, Refine us fire. My heart's one desire is to be holy, set apart for you. Lord, we want to become bond servants for you. Because we are been called to be bond servants for you. Set apart for the gospel. That our life is not our own. Our life is hid with Christ in God. And therefore as Colossians says, Lord, enable us to set our minds on earth, on heavenly things, not on earthly things. Father, some of us may be going through some pressures or refining process. And some of us are not even being tested. But Lord, tests are coming. Even not going through a test is itself a test, O Lord. Because your word says, O Lord, Father, that Lord, whomever you have called you have been you have justified and whomever you have justified you have been you have glorified and you predestined all of us to be conformed to the image of your son and in order to be transformed into your image we will have to go through pressure because it is christ in us who is the hope of all our glory and therefore this morning lord we come to you in the name of jesus father forgive us for the times that we have compromised all of us O oh lord We've denied you. We succumbed to pressure. When sinners enticed us, enticed us, we consented with them. We did not deny pleasures. We did not choose you. Forgive us, O oh Lord. Forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us. And this evening, this morning, O oh Lord, even as we have heard your word, I pray, Father, faith will arise. Faith, knowing that you're a God who is a Father, and you're a fa- and you you being a you, you said in your word, you being evil, if you have the, the desire to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Heavenly Father will give them the Holy Spirit if only you ask. Father, this evening, O oh Lord, morning, O oh Lord, we ask, O oh Lord, we ask of you to strengthen us, O oh Lord. And we know, Father, tough times are ahead of us. And Lord, when we go through trials and tribulations and testings, O oh Lord, we know, Father, that you are always there with us, that we will Experience your presence even more when we go through the through the, through the through the 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 fiery trials that might that might test us in the days of the days to come, O oh Lord. Father, we know, Father, you said, O oh Lord, that you're a high priest who does who's touched by the feelings of our infirmities. You're a high priest who has gone through every test that we have experienced as 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 men, O oh Lord, and you have overcome everything, O oh Lord, and therefore you know and you empathize with us, O oh Lord, and you say. Just as I overcame, you will also be able to overcome. Have, believe in me and trust in me. You said to your disciples, you believe in God, believe also in me. And therefore, Father, this morning, we want to believe, O oh Lord. We want to believe. We come against every doubt and unbelief in the name of Jesus. Every doubt and unbelief, let it be cast away from us, O oh Lord. Father, we confess our unbelief, O oh Lord. We have shortened your hand in our life because of our unbelief. Forgive us. Father, forgive us strengthen us O oh lord jesus for the days ahead strengthen us and prepare us and lord i pray father that lord through it all O oh lord jesus we will be found faithful we will not give up on you O oh lord we will not forsake you O oh lord we will cling to you like, pa- like paul's father as he said i hold on to that which christ has laid hold of me lord we want to cling to you O oh lord we don't want to run away from you we want to cling to you where else can we go you and you alone have the words of life Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And as your children, even as they go to the rest of the week, oh Lord, into another week, I pray, Father, that you would go ahead of each one of us. Straighten crooked paths for us. And every test that we may be having, grant us the strength to face them, oh Lord. In your strength, oh Lord Jesus. Pray also, especially for Albert, oh Lord, Father. Father, pray, Father, that you strengthen him, O oh Lord Jesus. Prepare him, Father, for this new chapter in his life, O oh Lord. We bless him as a church in your name, O oh Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you. We pray, Father, for Pastor James as well. Touch him, O oh Lord, wherever he is, O oh Lord. The entire mission trip, be, be with him in his goings, outcomings. And prepare the hearts of the people who will be receiving the, receiving the word. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. We worship you. We give you all glory, honor, and praise. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. By the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy, Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen. Amen.